0: With gratitude, we would like to acknowledge that Foundry Ridge Meadows is on the unceded, ancestral, traditional, and territorial land of the Katesy and Kwantan people.
1: Okay, welcome everybody uh, to Appears in a Pod with Jenny and Connor. We thought today we might spend a bit of time talking about communication tips, how to have difficult conversations, how to communicate with loved ones and friends, because it can be tricky sometimes.
0: Yeah, so uh, to kind of start this off, I kind of wanted to maybe talk a little bit about and, and get your perspective and obviously share mine a little bit about what good communication actually looks like for you. So I think it's something pretty personal to teach kind of it's an individual experience how do you like to be communicated with how do you communicate with others it's really kind of the the essence of relationships I think that that a lot of people have so what what do you communicate like with with other people and how do you expect and want to be communicated to
1: that's a good question and I think you make a good point that it is very like The first step is to figure out what you value in communication and what's important to you and then go from there. Um, I'm somebody, I like super direct communication and super honest. I find it sometimes hard to like read between the lines and when people are vague, it stresses me out. So I like when someone's just like very direct straight to the point. Um, but I'm also sensitive. So it has to be direct and straight to the point without being harsh. Um, needs to be a little bit gentle, it's tactful. But I, yeah, yeah tactful. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Um, but I, I do like when people are are very straight up. Like I don't like when people are too diplomatic when they're when they're having a conversation, especially if it's a hard conversation, because I'm gonna walk away being like, what did they mean? Like what yeah. what was happening there? Yeah,
0: I feel like you can when you're trying to appease and kind of almost stop a confrontation or conflict before it happens, then sometimes your own values and beliefs can maybe get lost or people can be confused by what you intended. I think I think that's pretty true.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm somebody who I'll, I like stress about things for way too long. So if you say one thing that's kind of vague or like ambiguous, I'm going to walk away and be like, stress about it for days for, for days. <laughs> be like what did- to yeah ask, for days like, how long
0: do you do you carry that sort of a thing with you afterwards? days wow
1: sometimes i'll be like you know when you have that feeling where you're like sleeping in the middle of the night and you wake up remembering one thing that somebody said to you like three years ago yeah. that's me i get so.
0: i get nauseous <laughs> about it and i'm Recently, I've been told that I'm saying nauseous weird, but I get like... N- that is weird. What do you mean it's weird? <laughs> nauseous. I'm, I'm just sorry. saying nauseous.
1: No- like nauseous. Like, yeah, no-
0: nauseous. There you go. Not- I get nauseated <laughs> um, thinking about stuff like over again. Like, I don't know. Like I get physiological responses to like, I don't like the way that conversation went or that was like a weird way of something being explained to me or related to me.
1: So would you say you're the same then, Connor, that you like really direct communication?
0: Yeah, but it needs to be, like you said, I think tactful is a really good point of that. I'm not one for subtlety all all the time. Like a lot of it tends to kind of go over my head a little bit, I think. Um, Or at least I I can just really appreciate when somebody really clearly says what they mean.
1: Mm -hmm. I also another big thing, and I think it's a good tip for like strong communication um, I love when people give me like warning about difficult conversations so that I can kind of prep myself. I know a lot of people hate receiving that kind of text of like, we need to talk or I have to tell you something because then it's like stressful, yeah. but I like to get, I like to drop a little hint. So I'll be like, Hey, this thing came up. Do you have time to talk about it today or this week? And then I feel like when people do that, I can kind of like prep myself for it a little bit especially if it is a difficult conversation
0: yeah I think though I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't had that kind of pitfall stomach feeling of like we need to talk text or just message that they get and you're like well now there's a million things that I'm thinking of that this could go horribly that you want to talk about did I do something did did you do something that you're confessing to me like this is this is not great so I think set, setting the tone is an important communication tip of what can we expect. What is this other person bringing to the table here?
1: Yeah, like kind of setting up what you're going to talk about, and that way, if that person has any like problems that they've been having in relation, so like for example, say you need to talk about your roommates about like cleaning up the apartment instead of sending a group text being like, we all need to have a roommate meeting because that's a little like (laughs) intense and scary. Just be like, hey, I was hoping we could all have a conversation about like, you know, the cleanliness level in the apartment. When's a good time for everybody to talk? And that way, if your like roommate has a problem that they've been noticing, they can kind of prep for that conversation as well. And they can bring that to the table
0: as well. What do you think are some of the most common obstacles or or pitfalls that people run into that kind of start to derail the the beneficial aspects of a conversation. When does it go bad? When basically when does a conversation go <laughs> bad? Yeah, when does bad? it go
1: bad? Um I can definitely talk to what I do that makes conversations go bad um because I'm all for recognizing our own flaws. <laughs> um for me a big one is getting like overly emotional during a conversation. Uh, I'm somebody who, like, when I'm frustrated, I cry. When I'm mad, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. When I'm happy, I cry. (laughs) So, like, crying for me is, like, a huge thing that just, like, derails a conversation. Because then immediately people are, like, either concerned for you or they feel bad. Or it might frustrate them because they're, like, why are you crying right now? Um, So, I think getting, like, overly emotional during a conversation is definitely one of those things that can derail it when it's a very serious like we need to get down to business kind of conversation because then it becomes about you being emotional and not the topic at hand
0: yeah i mean do you have any advice for people that are in maybe in like a similar boat that have these kind of visceral sort of reactions when their emotions start to to flare up it could be crying or really like anything like that that kind of det- it sounds like from me like detracting away from the the purpose of the conversation that kind of in a way that you know this is something that just happens to your body when you're passionate about something but it sounds like you want to continue on the purpose of the conversation still
1: yeah and i think it's i have a few tips i think one there is like i think you can get passionate and like you know really into a conversation and not have it derail it i think when it's like a very visible thing like crying that can kind of derail things So that's why I was saying like I love planning a conversation beforehand because if I have a conversation in the heat of the moment or when I'm upset about something, it's not going to go well. Like say I get home and like there's like a sink full of dishes and I'm upset about it. If I have the conversation right then, I'm just going to get mad and then I'm going to cry. And then nobody's going to listen. They're going to be like, oh, Jenny just had a bad day and she's being emotional. Yeah. Whereas if I like take a look at it, take a minute, like cool down my anger a little bit, cool down some of my frustration, then I can kind of have a much calmer conversation. Another thing that I think is really interesting that someone was telling me the other day is like reflecting on what's underneath that emotion. So like anger is often a secondary emotion and you're actually feeling something else, but it's coming out as anger. So I think maybe taking some time to reflect on that and be like, okay, why am I so emotional about this? What is going on? Like, did I just have a bad day or is it that this is like a pattern of behavior that's upsetting me?
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting, I guess. Like dis- dissecting your own half of the conversation, you know, we're assuming this is kind of maybe like a one-on-one thing, it could be multiple, but like understanding your own perspective above what that kind of gut reaction is in some of those passionate conversations, like you said, I think is a good learning opportunity for Or like reconnecting with yourself, right? Because now something something's coming up for you that you might not realize that that's what it is.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying dodge the emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm someone who I'm a firm believer when something bad happens or when I'm really struggling, I'm allowed to feel the emotion for a certain period of time, (laughs) and then I need to pull it together and I need to get my life back on track. So. You are allowed to feel frustrated, angry, whatever at a situation, but bringing that to the conversation probably isn't going to be productive because when people see emotion, they get defensive Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: you're not going anywhere in the conversation. That's when it turns into like screaming matches where no one's being productive, right? So I think it's great to like feel it, let yourself feel it, calm down and then have the conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, kind of a, a little bit, uh, backtracking to that. Thanks for your answers, by the way. So, so helpful. Um, I, it's interesting that we both liked kind of more direct tactful approaches because I feel like my flaw, if we're speaking from some personal experience and your perspective of conversations, um, I, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a bush beater around her. Like I, sometimes I don't <laughs> say beater around her. even then sometimes I just don't say <laughs> Maybe as directly as I should, and kind of speak um, speak my mind in a way, because I'm always trying to make sure that the next step I take is a careful one, because I want to avoid a lot of those kind of explosive um, conversation, really devolvements that just get into arguments and yelling matches. Like you said, I think that speaks to a little bit of you know my personal experience growing up. In, uh, in a family that yelled quite often at each other. So I kind of learned to be more of a mediator role. And part of that is, you know, tr- treading lightly and just kind of getting other people's experiences related to each other. So it's weird. I haven't actually had much experience in getting my point of view across. Most of my conversational and communicational skill actually comes from being like, Okay, there's person A is saying this, person B is saying this, and you guys are yelling at each other because you're not understanding what you're actually meaning by this. So that, that tends to be my flaw is, okay, well now me as a person who has an opinion in this, how do I get that across in a straightforward manner without it getting lost in my concern for the other person? not feeling attacked or whatever Mm -hmm. it is
1: i think a lot of people can probably connect to that too that like almost people-pleasing tendency of like i just want to keep everything calm and happy and i don't want to like you know rock the boat um now you asked me this question so i'm gonna ask you how would you recommend people overcome that like and be able to express directly how they're feeling
0: i think it gets easier i've spent a lot of time trying to carefully look at, very much like what you said, reflect on what my opinions are and kind of get those really rock solid and something that I feel confident about, you know, staking my my importance in a conversation about. Um, so things that are, are kind of important to me that I, I really feel like I can't um, I can't cater to everybody in a conversation because then my point will kind of fall to the wayside. And that's something that I, I don't really uh, see as valuable. It Those, I think, come with um, come with really believing in and, and having a strong opinion, which can only come from really understanding your own values, I think, which is kind of what it, it has kind of come down to me. And practicing being assertive is really awkward at first <laughs> when especially with people that have you are regularly in contact with as soon as you start voicing your opinion when for the most time uh, you've been somebody that kind of sits back and observes any little movement you make is rocking the boat because people aren't used to you moving around in, in the boat right um so it practice is perfect and having good people for me uh is is what i would suggest is find people that you do get along well with and that you feel you have a good connection with to try and practice just kind of casually bringing in your opinion more and more until you get confident enough to bring it to other people that you know maybe you aren't quite as comfortable with communicating because i feel like that's really what conversations are is two people kind of meshing together and there's some give and take some back and forth sometimes until you eventually come out at uh and a nice, happy result, hopefully.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be shocked to hear this, Connor, but nobody has ever doubted that I will share my opinion at all
0: times. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um, oh. I often was told as a kid that I could argue with an empty house, which is probably That's true. A
0: That's a good one. a good one.
1: It's probably true. So I can't say I have a ton of tips um, because I think for me, I sometimes try to be less assertive. <laughs> Um, but I do think like a good, another good thing is just recognizing that there's a difference between not being like kind or, or rocking the boat and being assertive. Like it's okay to be assertive and to have an opinion and to share that opinion. None of those are negative things and none of those make you a selfish person or an unkind person because if your needs are met and your needs are only going to be met if you can express them, you're going to be a kinder, more selfless person because your needs are met. So I think it's okay to like express what you need.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's that's a big thing. You know, we're kind of bring it back to our role as peer support workers and relating to other people and clientele and stuff like that. Um, people, I think, who have lived in dynamic of this kind of household where only a few people's opinions uh, are, are kind of mattered. Uh, it can be a difficult thing to unlearn or, or I guess relearn that your opinion does matter, right? The things that you need have value and you should be able to express them and other people should be willing to give them a priority in, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And
1: I think it's interesting, this is kind of bringing me to a little dialogue wheel that we wanna share um, because it's making me think another big thing that I think prevents communication is like defensiveness and when people get defensive. Um, which i don't think is all like it's a natural human instinct like if somebody comes to you and is angry and is saying you did this to me and i'm angry about it our natural instinct is to be a little bit defensive but again it, it halts the conversation because if that person can't even admit that something's wrong how can you move forward um and so we have this this dialogue tool that one of our supervisors shared with us that i think is really beneficial because it helps you avoid people from getting defensive. So it's a way to kind of share your feelings and what's going on for you in a way that's hopefully not going to evoke an argument or like immediately being defensive because it's more kind of placing it on how you're feeling and what your needs are rather than what they did.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people will be familiar with the concept of I statements, right? Uh, In a conversation, almost, I would say, more than half the time, if you're throwing out a a you or uh, placing any sort of assumption on how somebody else is acting or feeling or anything like that, it can really be taken as accusatory. And people don't like to feel accused, especially when they feel like it's wrong which is kind of where the assumption part of that comes in. So the I statements that this dialogue wheel kind of covers and how a conversation flows in a way to get what's going on for you across. Um, Really useful in keeping, like you said, other people from getting defensive and really just speaking on what's true for you in this moment. What slice of your reality and your experience are you bringing into this conversation to then share with somebody and then being open as conversations should be you know two-sided being ready to recognize that somebody else is going to have probably a, a different experience from what you're bringing to the table like you know you brought up the dishes thing earlier sometimes you you might come home and be like you know i'm really i'm seeing that the dishes aren't done uh i'm i'm assuming i assume that they would be done by the time i got home and now that they're not i feel like this is kind of not prioritizing the fact that I'm tired when I come home from work right and like now I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to be up all night doing dishes or whatever and then the other person is gonna be like well you know I noticed that you're upset about this and this is what's been going on for me I've had a terrible day at home like this I couldn't really do this right so I think that there is a certain level of uh, like a double edged to this sort of concept of the I statements that people also need to realize right there's gonna be a whole other side of this conversation mm-hmm. that you need to be ready to experience.
1: Well, what is it? they say they always say like there's three sides to every story, your side, the other person's side and then the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's still the case, right? Like everybody has a reason for their own actions or a defense for their own actions. And so I like this this wheel because it it kind of opens up for a dialogue. Um, and Connor is gonna share it in the links. Below, yeah, I
0: don't. <laughs> they're probably below. They're around below? somewhere. But <laughs> they're gonna be uh, yeah.
1: somewhere attached to this, so that you can take a look at it. Um, and yeah, it can be super helpful to just kind of go through each of the the sections of the wheel. I don't know if you have it in front of you, Connor, to go through, yeah, through each. I little do. One is. So I
0: kind of did a little bit of it there in, in that example. So it starts off with I notice, right? So I I'm noticing dishes, right? In this example, I'm assuming um that they they should have been done right so it's i notice i assume i feel uh then it goes to i am afraid then it goes to i want then it goes to i appreciate and then it goes to i hope so it's actually kind of interesting like i was taught like this like the sandwich method as as a kid in like elementary school and stuff like that where you sandwich the kind of thing that you want to change with the two good stuff uh right so (laughs) ending on some more positive notes Mm -hmm. in, in the way that dialogue wheel goes
1: yeah and i the two pieces i love of that wheel the most i really like the i assume because i think by putting your assumptions of their behavior like directly out there it gives you that opportunity to hear that other perspective because maybe you're like i assume you don't do the dishes Because you're also tired when you get home. But maybe they're like, no, I don't do the dishes because we never have enough dish soap. And then you're like, oh, great, perfect solution. Let me buy some dish soap, right? Exactly. Sometimes (laughs) what our assumptions are of someone's behavior aren't what's accurate. So it gives that opportunity for them to be like, no, that's not what's happening. And I also really like the I appreciate. Because like you say, it does use that sort of sandwich method of you're not saying you do everything wrong and everything frustrates me. It's pairing that with like, you know, you even could say, I appreciate that you're also probably tired when you get home from work and also probably don't want to do the dishes. So can we find a way, you know, that it's balanced evenly or or whatever else?
0: Right. Yeah, that's kind of where that that I hope comes in. I hope that we can figure out something to do so that both of us can live in a place with a clean kitchen right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And like, it can be helpful. Like you can, and I've done this before with myself. I've done it with clients. Like you can literally print off this wheel and write in it. Like Mm -hmm. it's sometimes super helpful to get your thoughts organized. It helps you do some of those pieces we talked about earlier of like really figuring out what your needs are and how you're feeling before the conversation, which I think is super helpful.
0: Yeah. Conversation is practice. I, yeah. I would be very surprised if somebody were to take this dialogue wheel and the next time they go talk with their uncle who gets really loud, I'd be very surprised if it worked well the first time. I would be very surprised if it didn't start to help though.
1: Yeah, you you make a good point though, and it's something I think I want to mention before we stop, is sometimes you can do everything right in a conversation and try to communicate in the best way and the other person is not gonna receive that in the way you're hoping they receive it, um, some people aren't going to be open to communication. That, yeah. that That is the unfortunate reality is that sometimes you're gonna have situations in your life where you try to be calm and collected and have everything ready to go and use the wheel perfectly and the person is still gonna respond in a way you don't want them to respond.
0: And then I think at that point you, you try and recognize I've done what I can in this situation. This this is me putting my true best foot forward. I've made my effort. Now is it time to take a step back, try and and pick my battle elsewhere? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I totally think that because you can do everything right and still get just like the most frustrating response in return. Because that is the reality of communication: is that we can only control how we are communicating. We can't control how other people are communicating
0: well with that being said still um i hope that whoever's listening gets some good use out of the dialogue wheel anything else that we talked about here any of the experiences if you can relate to them that's great hopefully you're able to take something helpful away and uh we'll sign off for now and we'll both see you again for the next episode of peers in a pod bye bye